Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me yet again for uh, one of the Our New Normal sessions where I talk with vegans around the world about their experience during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, in the hopes of maybe illustrating some connections and similarities that we all have while also educating people on the fact that there are differences between, you know, what everyone's experiencing. Uh, in the case of today, I'm actually talking with yet another vegan organization to get an idea of uh, how the pandemic's changed the way they work and how they're addressing issues that have come up from the pandemic. So on that note, I've got two lovely people here, and apparently they've decided to split the questions between them. So we're, we're going to see how, how well this works for the first time. Uh, first question, can you give people a brief introduction on the organization, kind of when it started, what you do, and where you're based? Yeah, absolutely. So, hi everybody. I'm Claire Howe. Um, I am the executive director and a co-founder of the Raven Corps, and we are a kind of broad-based anti-oppression youth activist organization. Um, we have been around now for about two and a half years, so we're still a, a pretty new nonprofit organization, and we're quite small. I'm the only staff, um, and we've had a really interesting ride so far. To be honest, it's um, it's been full of lots of curves and twists, and um, we're really excited to be where we are today, but we um, we started out in 2017. Basically, what happened was that I, I was working as a humane educator with an organization called Heart, and um, I was going into schools, high schools, and facilitating animal rights clubs for high school students. And over time, we just really started to realize that there weren't a lot of resources, and there certainly weren't any organizations dedicated to animal rights youth activists. And so we just decided to start something. We saw a need for it and decided to start something. So at that time we were um, known as Youth for the Voiceless. And I started the organization alongside six teens. Um, and, and you know, like I said, we started out as just a, a broad-based animal rights organization for young people. And the interesting thing is that, you know, it just, it didn't take us very long before we decided that we needed to, to really hone in on who we were, what we were doing. And so we underwent something of kind of a rebrand, I would say. And um, we decided to start going by the Raven Core. Um, it's an interesting name. It has a whole history behind it. But we started going by the Raven Core, and at that time, we decided to focus exclusively on vegan advocacy. So um, we started operating on a chapter system, although we called each individual chapter a core. And um, it's totally youth-led. I mean, it's, it's always been totally youth-led, but we decided that each individual core would kind of have its own personality, but everybody would focus on advocating for a plant-based diet and largely for climate change and, um, and, and for compassion and animal rights. And we did that for about a year. And then, uh, you know, it just the way that life works, we kind of started to realize that we weren't happy with the organization as it was because so many of our young people started saying, you know, I'd really like to do, we call all of their advocacy, all of the Ravens' advocacy campaigns and events and projects, we call those operations. And so more and more Ravens started saying, I'd like to do an operation um, about racism, or I'd like to do an operation about LGBTQ plus rights, or I would like to do an operation about the pay gap. And so it really started to come to, to my attention as the person administering the organization that we needed to change. And so we became a broad-based anti-oppression youth activist organization, and the Ravens identify all sorts of different issues um, that, you know, are really quite quite topical. They're, they're issues that have been the outgrowth of 
various systems of oppression, right? Capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy. But they, um, they, they craft these operations now based on the needs of their communities. And it's really, it's really cool, you know? I, I'm really proud of where we're at right now because um, the way in which we treat animals, the exploitation of animals, is it's just another form of, of oppression, right? It's just another system of oppression that has been born out of all of these much more deep-seated, deeply entrenched um, systems of oppression. So I'm really proud of where we're at now. And, and it really hasn't been that long, right? I mean, we've been around since late 2017 <laughs> and we've evolved, we've grown a lot, but um, I, I would definitely say that that growth has been, it's been entirely because of the Ravens. Um, we really allow the organization to be steered by our youth constituents. We do our best to be as authentically youth led as possible. So in terms of in terms of where you're based, I guess because there's sort of the, the core slash chapter organization, uh, would you say at least mainly in the states or? Yeah. So we are we ha we're headquartered out of Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. um, but we have cores in California, Oregon. We have a core in New York. We have one in Florida. Uh, we just welcomed a new lead Raven who's in Canada, and we've had a core in operation for a while now in Adelaide, Australia. Oh, okay. So mainly due to the internet, I guess, that people are finding out, or? Yeah, I mean, social media, love it or hate it, you know, has just been <laughs> a fantastic tool for us in terms of getting the word out yeah. um, and welcoming new people into the organization. Cool, that's, that's great. So, um, I mean, I guess we're looking at, what, about three years, as, as strange as it is, 2017 doesn't seem that far away, but, um, and 2020 so far seems like a really long year. Um, but so how, how has the pandemic changed? Like, I know you touched on different shifts and everything before, but this, this pandemic now in terms of like its global reach and everything, how has that changed the focus or goals of the organization? So I would go ahead and, and turn it over to Cam. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to take that one. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that, so I've been working, so I'm Cami. I am the youth board member of the Raven Corps, and I lead the San Diego Corps. And I've been working with the Raven Corps for a little over a couple years now. And we've always been very community-based in my opinion like both with like the respective communities of ravens and with just fostering a sense of community among ravens mm -hmm. like across cores and i would say now, now like more than ever we are focused on fostering that sense of community um like we started this program called Quarantine, like T-E-E-N, and mm -hmm. it's on an app called Slack. So we get to, that's basically just a place where teens, well, youth aged 14 to 22 can just come and just have community. And we have just like channels where people can talk about literally like anything that they're interested in. Like we have a mm -hmm. channel for scary movies we have um channel for food a channel for sharing like our cute animal pictures like <laughs> it's just i've found 
I think like now more than ever, I feel like like very much a part of the community that is the Raven Corps. So I feel like in that sense, we've shifted and like adapted to the situation. Would so, you add any? Oh. Claire? Would I add anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cammy said it best. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we're a very community-based organization. Mm -hmm. um, and quarantine has been, you know, it's definitely been a silver lining for us, I think. Um, we've been able to do a lot of really interesting youth-led events. Um, Cami runs a, a program through quarantine and it's just, it's a really interesting cool opportunity for people to come together and also to host events that are, you know, that really kind of run the gamut. We do educational-based events, we do advocacy-based events, we do just fun community-based events. Um, it's kind of a clearinghouse for youth activism now. So it's a really, it's, it's yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's just kind of been a silver lining. This is such mm -hmm. an unpleasant, scary, uncertain time, but it's been one really pleasant thing that we've been able to create out of it. So yeah. has there been mainly kind of like a, sh a shift to online then? Like when you talk about events and stuff, are we talking like virtual or, because I mean, I guess yeah. depending on the place, there's different, you know, limitations on social events and everything. So for the most part, though, it's been kind of like online. Yeah, it's definitely, and I would think, I feel like this is something that would have been valuable for the Raven Corps even like before quarantine because we are so like separated from one another mm -hmm. and like just long distances apart. Um, so I feel like, yeah, so it is all virtual and it does really help us all to stay connected and like claire was saying it's definitely been a silver lining of this yeah um and i mean so this is it like is it totally public or is it just specifically like for those that are already in the core or no so this is actually so the raven program you know that's our flagship program that was the only mm -hmm. program we were running prior to the pandemic and when we started quarantine um basically it was just kind of like it's a it's a available to anyone 14 to 22 who's interested in advocacy and so um anyone can join who's between the ages of 14 to 22. the only caveat is that we do a video call prior to anyone joining just to make sure that you know they are who they say they are and <laughs> yeah. be as safe as possible um but yeah but it's 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 really cool because anybody can join and then they can pick and choose the things that they would like to go to um they can strike up a conversation about any topic that they're wanting to discuss um, it's really, it's, you know, we're going to say community about 8,000 times. It's, it's very community. <laughs> yeah. It's very laid back yeah. and it's also presenting a really good opportunity for people to become familiarized with the Raven Corps, who we are, what we do, um, this kind of broad lens of anti-oppression and how, um, various topics fit in to that lens. And then if, you know, if a young person who's between the ages of 16 to 22, um, that's the age range for the Raven program. If they decide that they would like to start a Raven Corps or they'd like to join an existing Corps, then they are very welcome to do that. Um, and that's kind of, you know, being a Raven is requires more commitment. It's more of, um, you know, you, you need to have the time and the energy to mm -hmm. to it. But, um, but we've had a number of young people in quarantine decide that they would like to become Ravens. So it's, again, I mean, it's, it's been a good thing for sure. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess outside of outside of this kind of the shift to to online, um, 
has there been any other kind of like creative adaptations that you've had to do? Like, I mean, before I'm guessing with some programs and stuff, maybe some of them are on hold now or like, is you know, how, how did the, I guess, was there a shift or was most of it already kind of online? Cause like you said, Cami, like because of the distance, you know, the online thing is really important, but I mean, I'm guessing that there were some kind of like community events and stuff that now maybe, have shifted online or are you just kind of like postponing those until later whenever this opens up again and people feel safe? Right. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I was just gonna say, Cami, if you want to talk about the operation. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'm already getting excited just thinking about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in terms of like events, the main shift there's been, so like say with cores, now, you know, we're not really doing like in-person meetings because each lead Raven like facilitates if they're not just like flying solo, which is just like a lead Raven without anybody else, then you facilitate meetings with the Raven in your, the Ravens that are in your respective core. So that's really the main thing that's changed in terms of like events. And now we're not doing you know, we're needing to be a little bit more, um, like, adaptable and, like, thinking of new ideas in terms of what we can do for operations. Um, so we decided to launch, like, a core-wide operation. <laughs> You're getting excited too, Claire. Um, <laughs> so we looked into mutual aid opportunities. And mm -hmm. like ways that we can all help our respective communities. And we decided to launch an operation of making masks. And, and this led to, we kind of stumbled on this like larger idea mm -hmm. where initially we were, you know, just looking to help our communities make masks and we would like donate a mask for every mask that we sell. Um, and then we realized that we could kind of bring in some like intersectionality by also combating toxic masculinity with masks. Oh, okay. <laughs> like masculinity. <laughs> You're doing right? good with the creative workplace so far. You got yeah. and, and that was realized like after the fact that it's like there's a genius pun in there also. <laughs> but yeah. because like evidently, um, you know, lots of cis men are less likely to wear a mask and because I think there have actually been studies done on that already. Um, so we decided like that could be a perfect way to kind of bring in this like oppression that we can like take an active stance against by creating and selling these masks and kind of like marketing them as a way to both stop the spread of COVID-19 and to help stop the spread of toxic masculinity. So we're going to make masks and we're going to have some with like little mustaches and beards on them. <laughs> and we're all very excited about it. <laughs> so long, long answer to your question. Yes, things are changing. 
and we are we're all yeah still very much connected and always thinking of ways that we can help yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you appreciate our pun (laughs) oh yeah definitely i'm i'm very much totally into the idea of the puns and everything like that the word plays a big part of uh, whatever marketing I can do when I do it. <laughs> it's just, um, you can't go <laughs> No, no, it's true. I, I think it's great. So do you, um, do you already have a mask design lined up for yourself? Are you going with the mustache or the full beard or? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to want to get one with like a little, you know, like a little twirly mustache. Yeah, yeah. So you can like, play with it at the supermarket or something. <laughs> wait, so wait, um, so they're gonna be like actual like sort of fake hair? Um, I was thinking they'd be like painted on. We're that's what we're experimenting with currently. We're like oh, okay. gonna use all sorts of different creative mediums to apply the facial hair. Not yeah. actual facial hair. <laughs> Just to yeah. clarify, yeah. Yeah. Not, no humans are going to be like abused in the making of these masks. <laughs> yeah, we're going to like paint or do felt or like knit. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, that that definitely. I mean, although then again, you're not supposed to touch your face, so you might want to avoid the twirling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll yes. have to like just tell everyone this is my actual facial hair. <laughs> Just in case it's not obvious. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, what, what about you? Have you have you got one on order yet? Uh, yeah, I've I've pre-ordered several actually. <laughs> 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 the the idea is it's brilliant. I I'm yeah I'm kind of in awe of their creativity. Um, it's it's really interesting too because the masks that you know they're they're going to be preparing the the beard and the mustache and those masks the toxic masculinity masks and then they're also producing masks that were used from secondhand clothes so taking donated um materials and kind of upcycling them into wearable masks and um you know the the masks that they donate will be sent to a community center um, for low-income seniors here in Portland, and then a portion of the proceeds are also going to benefit Chili's on Wheels. So it's um, it's really, I think, just a, a brilliant effort in terms of how many different issues it's addressing simultaneously, too. And I will be, yeah, delighted to wear one of these. <laughs> so um, in terms of addressing another issue and sending masks, do you think maybe you'll send one or two to the White House? I mean, there's some toxic masculinity there, for sure. Right? Yeah, not a bad idea. Unfortunately, we've spent plenty of time um, talking or skirting around that guy in these conversations I've had with people. And um, I feel like, given what we've already touched on, I feel like it was a safe bet for me to make that joke with the two of you as well. Yeah, it's very safe bet. Yeah, I mean, we are donating a mask for every mask we sell, you know? <laughs> Could be considered a charitable donation. <laughs> no. 
Could it, could it be a tax write-off then? I mean, is, the White House isn't nonprofit as much as they might say they are. Mm -hmm. Definitely not a nonprofit group, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially currently. Um, okay, so, well, I mean, obviously, uh, based on interacting with the two of you so far, it seems like there's definitely um, some pretty positive energy and kind of a lightheartedness to things. Um, puns are always always a good uh, group or organizational thing in my eyes. Um, but how, I mean, I guess maybe like if you are kind of opening up conversations on Slack and everything to kind of whatever people want to talk about, um, I'm, I'm guessing maybe there are times when things can get a little serious and everything and, you know, people are dealing with like isolation and just a whole bunch of issues that can come up from this uh, pandemic and everything. How, I mean, how are you balancing kind of like the, the need for the organization, organization to continue and kind of promote these things and engage with people along with maybe just like your personal needs and I guess as a side to that as well, like how do you approach when maybe people are kind of opening up and touching on some pretty personal issues? Like, because obviously from an organizational effort, there's issues just in terms of how. And then, you know, it also could maybe take a toll on you, like as a core leader or whatever. That's maybe a couple of questions. So <laughs> let's just go with like, how how are you balancing like organization work with your personal work? Like, have, have you felt like you've been able to kind of maintain that what you need to keep going or are you kind of on the edge of like burnout like so many other people running businesses and organizations mm -hmm. well this is like the whole issue of like activist burnout is definitely very dear to my heart as someone who's like gone through like mega burnout and, um, like, I, this might kind of answer most of the questions. Because, um, like, I think, <laughs> we'll see. I feel like um, our community, first of all, like, if you're involved with it and engaged in it, I feel like in and of itself it kind of acts as like a defense against burnout just because of the fact that we are so supportive of each other and honest with each other and the nature of our work too I think it kind of and like our values kind of also work against burnout because you know if you look at mainstream activism it's always like go 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 it's never enough there's always more work to be done Mm -hmm. Which is true. There is always going to be more work to be done. <laughs> um, you know, and especially so long as like capitalist values are the norm in society. Um, like capitalism kind of just demands burnout. And so I, um, I actually started this group. The program that I run that Claire mentioned is called Self Aid Sundays. And so it's just like, we just kind of have discussions about, you know, like anything we need to process and I'll come with like a group planned for like skills relating to, I don't know, like distress tolerance or emotion regulation, just like things that I've learned over the past couple years and like how to deal with these things. And 
And I kind of started that because like being able to hold the ability to take care of yourself and allow yourself to rest is like a powerful form of resistance in and of itself, in my opinion, because it kind of goes against a lot of the things that like toxic cultures are constantly pushing on everyone. Um, guess that does that answer the question? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to actually say first off that I've asked numerous people, you know, what's your secret to, to not burning out and everything during these sessions? And that's probably the best answer I've gotten. So far, I mean, not, not to, to be down on anybody, but most people just talked about, you know, the need for a routine. Um, and they haven't gone into that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that covers most of the bases. Um, the, um, I talked with a representative from Chili's on Wheels, actually, and um, she, her sort of summary was, well, one thing we talked about was, like, respect the nap and, like, you know, acknowledge the fact that you do need to rest and sleep. And she talked about as well that, like, rest is, you know, power or, like, a, a sort of, you know, fight against what you were saying about like the capitalism drive for just go, go, go until you're like nothing and then move out of the way mm -hmm. so someone else can come in. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he covered the bases pretty well there. Um, <laughs> on that note, Claire, do you have anything to add? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, not really. I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have this community and uh, because they really, they're my people now, you know? I, um, I, I regularly now tell people that they should try to, um, you know, whether that's through family or through neighbors or through trying to actually, you know, reach out and, and spend time with young people. Um, that's kind of just been a major lesson that I've learned over the course of working with this organization. It's just that there is so much wisdom and so much to be learned from young people. Um, and, and so I feel really fortunate to be doing this because I feel like I've grown a lot as a person. And frankly, since we went into lockdown, quarantine and, and our larger Raven community has just been a lifesaver for me. You know, I am, I'm very fortunate to, to feel like this is, I mean, this is something I would do for free. Um, I, I really love my job, you know, and I love working with everybody at the Raven course. So I, I, if I feel burnt out, I feel like I have a safe space in this community to talk about it, which mm. I just don't think that that's very common, um, you know? So I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for Cammie, and I'm very grateful for, for all of the Ravens and Quarantines. They're getting me through. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, for me, at least, like, to Cammie, to, to listen to your answer, there's definitely a lot of things that, um, you know, their, their words and ideas that I only learned like maybe in the last five to eight years and definitely not a part of something that was really utilized like you know in when I was growing up sort of thing um I mean it's it's not it's not in the sense that like I was never allowed to share my feelings or anything but there definitely wasn't this concept of like all right we're gonna have like a self-help kind of day or whatever and like we're going to use these tools to be able to express these things and everything um so that's it's really cool to hear that sort of conversation and I feel like I've like I've kind of seen it 
in bits and pieces online, like to see shifts and the way people talk about things and everything. And I'm always like, all right, that's cool. So maybe things are getting better <laughs> in some ways. And, you know, people, yeah, people are able to talk about these things because, I mean, I don't want to do the whole back in my day thing because, you know, it's, <laughs> It's just, I'm not going to talk about like you haven't used it yet. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we already before we started the call. I mean, we already talked about like Skype being the old time. That was like an unofficial one. <laughs> yeah, that one that one didn't really count. Um, no. But no, I mean, it's just it's it's a whole different, uh, I guess, a whole different ball game now. And I mean, not just because of the pandemic. I feel like things have shifted, and we've seen that with like different youth leaders and everything, and different like in the way that well i mean i know that like the media loves to talk about how like well they always label what like millennials which apparently i'm a millennial i don't know i don't know how the age range goes um but you know they're like oh well youth youth are like killing you know these franchises and like this thing that's been along for so long and i'm like well it's not necessarily a bad thing like I'm okay with the fact that, you know, now there are more ways to express your gender and everything and, you know, and companies are adapting that and everything because people are demanding it. And I'm like, that's fine. And if people aren't going to like big scale franchise restaurants that just serve the same kind of crap because they're demanding better quality food and everything, I'm not going to complain about that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just, it's great to hear that that you have that because I think it's super um important and like I said it's I feel like the people I've talked to are kind of aware of these things but maybe because it was more so on the personal level they were just very much about like maintaining a routine um, who's back is that it's not me that was... might be clear wait what was that the, the siren oh yeah oh sorry our office is like right on the road. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I just apologize for that. But our office is like right on the road, so it's a routine occurrence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I mean, you know, I I've heard stories that for a while New York was nothing but sirens. It was just super quiet and that was all you heard otherwise, which is eerie. I mean, it's the first time I've heard one in a while, because here in Saigon they're not like super common. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's lots of other noise, but it's it's usually not an ambulance. Um, and it's kind of heartbreaking to see that they can't get anywhere in traffic here. Like, I don't think there's the rule that you move to the side. Yeah. And, and traffic here is, like, just jam-packed with scooters. So you'll see an ambulance, like, sitting at an intersection just trying to crawl forward. And I'm just like... Ugh. Like, is someone trying to get to the hospital? Or are they trying to get to an emergency? Like, what's what's the deal? And I I never know. Um, anyway, that was a total aside. So, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, just in, in case you do come to Saigon, if you get in an accident, maybe try and get to the hospital on try your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that being said, though, there's lots of other lovely things that I would recommend you come here for um including the food uh the heat maybe not so much Mm. it's probably gonna well never mind you're both in the states i don't know how to convert to fahrenheit exactly but it's gonna be really hot here later (laughs) (laughs) 
I so, yeah, can't stand the heat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I mean, I I go to bed with like the air conditioners on, and it's probably what is it? Double it and add thirty, I think. So we're looking at like forty, fifty, probably like eighty, eighty-five Fahrenheit when I set mm -hmm. the air conditioner, like to go to bed. Um, Ooh. and that's like sleeping temperature. Ugh. Yeah. The um the last time I was home was in like August and September uh in the east coast of Canada and I was actually up in Alberta too, so sort of west coast. I froze the whole time, like hoodie, jeans, socks and sandals, because I only have like one pair of sandals. That's all I have. Um socks and sandals, and I'm just all bundled up and my whole family is like talking about how there's been like a heat wave and the summer's so great. And I'm just like, no, no, it's <laughs> terrible. Why do people live here? But I mean, it was like a regular summer. Like it was, yeah, like 80s, 90s, totally fine. But I've just got a cut, well, semi accustomed to this. So, yeah, yeah. I'm know. from Phoenix originally. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know. I, I was also kind of a hardcore goth as a young person, and so was walking around in like 120 degree heat with like knee high combat boots on and like a oh, yeah. a cape, and you know. Uh, and now it's like, yeah, it was 85 degrees here today, and I was just like, uh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so. I am actually one of my good friends moved from uh, from Phoenix. Well, I think maybe Scottsboro like sort of outside, um, moved from there to Portland. And her transition for the first of all was pretty rough. Like she was just like, oh my God, it's so cold here. It's terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, and it rains. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, I miss the sun. And <laughs> I mean, now she's been there for a few years, so now she's totally okay with it. But um, on another detour, have you ever seen the Goths in Summer thing? I think it was mainly a Tumblr thing. But... <laughs> It's this no. fabulous theme of goths in summer, like goths at the beach and stuff. Oh, wow. And just I'm in, like, full, like, dark clothing garb, like, committed to the whole thing. But they just look so miserable. Uh, it, be it might be an account, but, like, I, I feel like if you just kind of Google, poke around, um, and, like, you know, just maybe with, like, the dark makeup and it's all kind of running because, like, everybody's sweating and stuff. and. Ugh. But like you gotta, you gotta commit to it, right? Yeah, I'm so. Well, you don't want to look like a poser, you know. Exactly, <laughs> right. Um, I had a friend. She shared a little cartoon yesterday, actually, of like just three people kind of hanging out on the grass, which of course seems like a fairy tale these days. Um, and two of them are kind of like in fairly typical summer clothing, like a tank top and shorts or whatever. And the other one's kind of like in darker, heavier stuff. And she's just like, "Oh my God, it's so hot!" And they're like. Well, like you're you're in all black. Why? And she's like, "Cause I have to be punk rock. <laughs> I have to commit to it." Yeah, <laughs> I applaud that. <laughs> yeah, mad respect. <laughs> um, That's what I call conviction. Yeah, right? you gotta, you gotta. If you don't suffer for for your, your art and your movement or whatever, well, there's the capitalism coming in again. You gotta stop it for it. <laughs> okay. So, at least in, you're aware of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I caught it, sort of. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of, like, I guess, touching on, you know, committing to things and sticking with stuff, 
Um, has there anything, I mean, maybe obviously the, the quarantine thing, and I know, Cami, you mentioned that it would have been helpful uh, even before this pandemic started. Do you think like that sort of thing and maybe other stuff that you've kind of adapted to, do you think you'll be continuing that going forward? Like whenever this sort of the after times happens and we're able to go out and socialize and have, um, what was it you call them? Not missions. Operations. Operations. Like when your operations are able to be out, you know, in public, do you think you're going to maintain like the quarantine thing and like some of the other things you've done during this pandemic? Yes, definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's it's working out so well for us that I can't imagine ending it. Mm -hmm. when, you know, when the dust sort of starts to settle on this, um, and it's you know it, we really do we value fun, uh, we value humor, we value self care. So I think that for for a lot of young people, it's become kind of a a home. You know, it's sort of like a home base. And so I think it's a really good uh, way for young people to get involved without necessarily having to make the commitment to be a raven. Um, and then for those young people who do want to take that next step, then they can become a raven. And, and once we're able to do it safely, then we'll start supporting all the ravens as they get back to running operations in their communities. But I also think one really nice thing that's come out of this is that the cores have come together to work on Operation Stop the Spread of Toxic Masculinity, which every time I say it, I just like... <laughs> <laughs> start laughing, but like I um yeah I, I, it's it's really been an interesting kind of like almost experiment um you know this whole thing and and needing to pivot really quickly and start something new online but then also seeing how that has impacted the Raven program and and I just feel like yeah I mean I I am so proud of everybody who's involved in this community because they really have they've come together and and they've made it work and they're still figuring out ways to do really, you know, great activism. And so I think that we'll probably be a much stronger organization, frankly, when this is all over, you know, I, I hate to say when we return to normal because I hope that we don't ever. Return to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And like, and I've, I mean, like I've personally just with, like this whole experience with, you know, going into quarantine, everything changing, and then like the work that I'm doing with the Raven Corps and like our whole quarantine program, that honestly just in and of itself has given me a lot of just like peace of mind even in knowing that like we can get through like hard situations together and we and like the we get like not only strength and camaraderie from one another but also like ingenuity inspiration and just like compassion and laughter of course lots <laughs> of laughs because that's the best medicine <laughs> but yeah and i would just second everything that Claire said um so where can uh where can people find these masks if they if they want one or i mean they're still in the prototype phase is that what you said cammy still working yeah. out the, the variety and stuff out the facial hair <laughs> but yeah it'll be on we're gonna be selling them on etsy um 
And apparently you can't actually start up an Etsy till you have a product ready to sell. So as soon as our first products are ready, Claire, it'll probably go up on the main Ravencore page, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So people can just kind of, I mean, people should be following the Ravencore stuff anyway. So I guess in general, I'm just going to say, go check that out if you haven't. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you're on all the usual social stuff and probably some that I don't even know about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe it or not, we do not have a main TikTok yet. Uh, <laughs> so, but we're, we're really active on Instagram. So yeah, if cool. anybody wants to, to learn more about us, that's the best spot to go to. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for both of you, um, or to both of you for joining me and kind of giving us an idea of what the Raven Corps is doing, um, not just in the States, apparently, you're also in other places as well, and how you've been able to kind of address what's happening with the pandemic and the needs of the organization all at the same time. Um, sounds like you're doing really cool things, and I, I hope that it continues, and maybe someday we'll cross paths somewhere in a more actual, realistic way. And I will gladly pick up one of the masks if they're still needed at that time. Uh, but for now, I hope you have them. Um, a good wait you seem to both be on different sides of the continent maybe so a good evening and a good afternoon oh, maybe? we're both on the west coast we're west coasters really oh, okay because yeah. claire you've got like some pretty dark windows behind you but you seem to have like i was seeing feeling like sunlight for you cammy but you just uh, got those are, good light i think those are computers behind claire <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Okay, so yeah. for the people on for people with the podcast version, this won't make sense. But to me, I actually thought those were like window panes. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it looked like it was the dead of night right now. No, yeah, yeah that's, that's what threw me off. I mean, I thought maybe you were still committing to the goth thing and just like black paint on the windows. Yeah, no, I'm still definitely committed to the goth thing, which <laughs> everybody told me I was gonna grow out of it. Sorry, suckers. Oh. Still <laughs> but yeah, I'm in Portland, Cammy's in San Diego. Okay, so it's still semi-bright in both places. It's bright and it's hot. Yeah, going back to that degrees today, I'm over it. All right, cool. Well, I hope the rest of your day goes well and you manage to stay at least semi-cool during this <laughs> whole thing. Um, that's the same battle I'm going to have, so we'll see. <laughs> I think we can all do it. We'll figure it out. Well, we'll support one another and this as well. Mutual aid. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much. And I will talk to you again in some other way. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Bye. Bye.